The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years. Makers of Liquitite Flexible Conduit, electrically connecting our world. Hello and welcome to the Sportscaster and Her Son, where sports bridges the gap between generations, from baby boomers to Generation X, Y, and Z, and anyone in between. You can find us on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, and just about anywhere that you get your audio. I am your host, Peggy Kaczynski, 12-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster at NBC Chicago for 17 years. And I'm Jason Canander, contributing writer for various websites, including minor league ball fan-sided, busing brackets, and Windy City. And I'm in high school. And you are my son. We may not always get along, but let me tell you, we are getting along a lot better now that we talk so much sports together. And it is because that is what bridges the generation gap between us. With this podcast, that's what we try to do, cross over the generations. We discuss sports from yesterday, today, and tomorrow. In this episode, 100 years ago in 1920, George Hallis and the Decatur Staleys were one of the founding franchises of what would become the National Football League. Nine world championships, 28 Hall of Famers, and the most wins in the NFL. His daughter, Virginia Hallis McCaskey, was there for all but four of those seasons. She is living history of one of the founders of professional football here in the United States, I had the privilege to sit down with the now 96-year-old matriarch, Mrs. McCaskey, to talk about 100 years of Chicago Bears football. And in a step aside from our tradition on the show, you will not hear Jason in this interview. Thanks to NBC5 in Chicago, WMAQ-TV, they're letting us use the unedited version of our conversation. It is such a pleasure to sit down and talk with you again. 25 years ago, we sat down together when you know I was just that, starting. Do you know that why that happened? Why? Because Brian said I should do it. <gasps> you didn't know that? No. Yeah. You don't like doing these, do you? <laughs> well, I've gotten away with not doing them. <laughs> until now. <laughs> and this is a special time. And yes, so it, it is. is nice to be able to talk to you so we can go back and relive some of the history yeah. of this great team. One of the things I remembered that you told me 25 years ago, when you went to college, what did you study? I took a four-year administrative secretarial course. That was Because it. in those days, they didn't have a four-year business administration course for women the way they did for the, the men. And what did you plan on using that with? What was your plans after college? To be my dad's secretary. So you knew that you would always intimately be involved <laughs> with the team, correct? Well, I figured that was the closest I could get to him. <laughs> We've talked so many times about your father. What is your greatest memory of him that, is it a characteristic? Is it uh, a day? What really stands out to you? I think his optimism. And why was that? How was he optimistic? Um, we played the Packers in a preseason game, or well, those days they call it exhibition game, in Milwaukee, in summer of 63 
and we lost the game and we waited for him after the game and I was and he said don't worry the things we learned tonight will help us beat them when it counts and we beat them twice wow during the season and I've always re oh and then when Ed worked for the Bears Dad would send him to one of the um, stadium committee meetings <laughs> about how to build a new stadium in Chicago. And Ed would come back with a, his notes and ni 19 out of 20 would be negative and Dad would find the one possible note of, pos of positive thinking and he would go with it. Wow, I don't think I ever knew that about George Hallis, was how positive he was. I know that we don't know hardly anything about your mother. How was, she was a football wife. How was she in a, in a household where she was managing the family at the same time that your dad was embarking full-fledged into coach, owner, general manager, everything with the Bears? She was his major support, I think. Never reminded him that <laughs> uh, he could be doing other things that would support a family. Um, those were years of struggle. Yeah. And I often use the word survival. Mm. What characteristic did you get from your mother? I call it making do which is very foreign to what young people are thinking these days. Everything has to be new and better and different and progressive and um, that's fine. Mm. But um, I still live my life making do in a lot of ways. <laughs> and what characteristic did you get from your father? I think positive thinking and paying attention to details and um, making notes. A lot of notes? Do you yeah. still make notes? Uh, not during games, but um, just notes. Well, now, with, at my age, I need notes to remind myself of what to do. Mrs. McCaskey, we all need notes to remind <laughs> ourselves. It doesn't matter about your age. We all have to write ourselves notes. Do you believe in handwritten notes? Do you send handwritten notes to people? I do, and I hope to get some in return from our family members, our grandchildren, and it works. That's really wonderful. You, when you mentioned your dad's positivity, was there a motto or something that he taught you that you have taken from him to help guide you through your role with the team? I think it was more a case of watching his example and trying to follow his example. My mother was a great one for, um, and my grandmothers were both uh, a stitch in time, saves nine, that kind of thing, better late than never, mm -hmm. all those old sayings or folk sayings. Right. And your father always put what was best for the league 
first, correct? Am I correct in saying that? Yes, it, even when it went, meant going to Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Help the taxpayers decide about the, uh, the bond issue on That's the right. new stadium. And my mother and I, you're going to Green Bay. <laughs> Did he really hate Green Bay? Of course, well, hate. Oh, that's a strong word. Um, he certainly wanted to beat them every time. Was there any team that, no, he was a competitor. Of course. Of course he was. Are you a competitor? Um, yes, I would say so. <laughs> what do you compete in? Well, I, I let the team do my competing now. I love that. We often refer to you as living history with, is it nine championships? Nine Bears championships, 28 Hall of Famers. Now, I have nine siblings. I know we are never supposed to ask who the favorite children are. <laughs> I would never ask you who your favorite children are. But I have to ask you who you are most fond of that you have seen in all these years. Which players were you most fond of? You're being careful. No, I'm remembering Brian. Brian Piccolo. Piccolo. Of course. Uh, and I. I think that's the only time in my life that I ever questioned God's will. Watching a young man like that yeah. through his cancer battle. And my thinking was the world needs more people like Brian. Brian so why is this happening? Mm. And yet you look at the results. Uh, in cancer research since his passing and think about all the people who have benefited from the cancer research that is funded mm -hmm. Some good over has all the years. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I know you've been asked about when your son George famously said that you were pissed off about the 5-11 and 11 season. Mrs. McCaskey, I know you well enough to know that you never would use those words, but I do also know you well enough to know that you really do still hate to lose, don't you? Yes, I do. And you let them know that. Well, something had to be done. Some things don't change, though. <laughs> and that's okay. And I, I wanted to ask you one last thing. Um, with the 100th anniversary, I know you don't see yourself as a role model to women. I know you, are, you, you like to keep it to yourself and not have the eye on you, but you are a role model to many of us women. And so I would like to ask you this. What do you see as the future for women in the game of football in the next 100 years? probably going to disappoint you. <laughs> I don't think you are, because I know what you're going to say. Uh, for the first 60 years of my life, I was a homemaker, which is 
a foreign concept these days. I had no illusions about a career. I was happy in my role as wife and mother and daughter. Uh, this isn't something that I worked for. <clears throat> it isn't something that I've earned. So to you look at me as a role model seems a little strange. <laughs> Can I tell you why? Because you put your faith and your family and then football. And I think for many women, in whatever roles they have in life, that's a great order that we should all live by. And so for that, thank you. Thank you, Peggy. It's great to see you. What'd you think, Jason? I mean, it's really amazing. I sat down with Mrs. McCaskey 25 years ago, the first time when I first got into broadcasting in Chicago. Very modest home in a suburb of Chicago. She is extremely down to earth and really, really has her wits about her. What amazes me is she's, what, 97 years old 96. Now? 96 years old. She's still, I don't know what the term is, like sharp as a tack. Yeah. She seems very, very, like, upbeat, very, I mean, like, all there, so to speak, um, which is really cool because you look at the history, that's George Hallis's daughter. I mean, she's... She as the I'm she's the acting owner of the team as well, but she 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 also is she's like a direct connection to the origin of the Chicago Bears. Right. No no other franchises with that much history can say that. Obviously, they're the new teams and all that stuff. But the Bears are one of the most historic, if not the most historic team in the NFL. And we have somebody in Mrs. McCaskey who's a direct connection to that era when football was was just beginning and when the Chicago Bears were founded and I that's what I find really cool obviously she's very her input's great and as the owner of the team she's obviously very important to the Bears but the thing at least it's the coolest thing to me is what she represents as a link between the two the present and the past for mm -hmm. the Bears exactly and here's an example of something that was not in our interview that I loved uh was the Bears came out with this new throwback uniform to uh, commemorate the 100 years and it has the orange and navy blue stripes but they're horizontal stripes and oh yeah if you want to buy me one of those it'd be oh, great the socks are sweet they're really cool the little socks, late birthday gift okay yeah the socks are really sweet and the funny thing is 96 years old uh mrs mccaskey was asked what she thought of the uniforms the throwback uniforms and she said well i remember those uniforms but these don't turn me on. That's pretty funny. I love it. You know, one of the ways that the Bears are celebrating their 100th season is with the Chicago Bears Centennial Scrapbook. It's put together by Hall of Fame NFL writer Don Pearson and longtime NFL writer Dan Pompey. They came up with 100 of the greatest Bears players of all time. I don't know how they did it, but boy, does it have people talking. And the Hall of Fame writer, Don Pearson, joins us right now. Don, thank you for joining Jason and me on The Sportscaster and Her Son. I don't know how you guys were able to get it down to 100 players. <laughs> well, it helped that we knew right off the bat that it was an impossible task. <laughs> and uh, 
we spent a lot of time on it and had a little uh, fun with it. We probably had more fun with it than the players uh, who got named. They took it a little more seriously than we did. Uh, but we did uh, try to uh, use as much objective criteria as we could for a very subjective exercise. And I might add that the uh, to us, uh, even though this uh, list has gotten the most publicity and is the most controversial, it's not the most interesting thing in the book. <laughs> oh, what is? Well, it's, the book is 80,000 words. So, oh, my goodness. So it, 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 cover, it covers 100 years of history uh, and all, all the, the rivalries and the players and the championships. And the, this 100-player uh, list was uh, uh, sort of the inside back cover. Wow. So it just I hope it gets people to spark some interest in the book. Absolutely. Okay, so... I want to just dive right into the list. I thought it was very, very interesting. Um, the thing with, <laughs> excuse me, comparing people in sports is how do you compare different eras? So you have, it's the 100 greatest players from the 100 years of the Bears history. So I'm sure that you found yourself in a position where you had to compare a player from, you know, the 30s or the 40s to a player that played 20 years ago. How, how do you go about that? Well, that's why I say it was impossible. And, and first of all, uh, fortunately, the Bears have 27 Hall of Fame players, more than any other team in the NFL. So it's really a list of 73, mm. because these guys are going to make the list. It's just a question of where you, where you play them. So uh, it is impossible, uh, literally impossible, to uh, compare a two-way player with a player of today. And what was interesting to me is that people always ask, well, uh, could those old-time players play today? And George Alice once said, you know, it was asked that. And he said, you have the question backwards. He said, could the players today have played back in the 20s and 30s when they went 60 minutes and uh, had very small rosters and very rarely got any time off? So... That was one of the considerations we weighed, but really you had to weigh a a different criteria. Not only the Hall of Fame, but the longevity and durability was a big factor. Uh, Production, uh, their honors, uh, the the, um, uh, records of the team success, the impact. But you couldn't take any one criteria. And 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 make that the number one criteria because, for example, if you I was big on longevity and durability. Well, if that were the only criteria or the main criteria, maybe Gail Sayers doesn't make the list. So you had to weigh all of these things, and and really the the, the in, in the end, Dan and I talked about the same thing we talk about in in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, the last criteria is did you ever see him play? So. It's so the eyeball test was a big test, and I, I know some of these old guys. You might not even have much film on them, uh, but they they had great reputations. Many of them, uh, people like Bronco Nagurski, Red Grange, uh, and and you take Red Grange for example, his impact goes beyond the game. He wasn't really a great pro player, but his impact on pro football and the, and the Bears is 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 unquestioned. So. We had to, we had to weigh all of these things and uh, 
in the end, we decided every person on this list deserved to be on it. In addition, there are probably 20 or 30, maybe 40 other players that deserve to be on it. But the math just doesn't allow you to do it. So uh, it's our list, and uh, we'll live with it. So, so I, interesting when you said impact players um, like, like Red Grange, who is listed as number 36. Mike Ditka is number six, and I thought that was pretty high for a tight end. Is it because of the impact he had on the Bears and their organization as well as his Hall of Fame playing career? Well, I think, I think uh, uh, that's a good question. I, I, I would say that, that we tried to... Uh, we tried to limit it to his play on the field, but but even George Alice, he was a pretty good player, but maybe not a, the 37th best player. But how could you leave how could you leave George Alice out of the top 50? Right, uh, because of his impact on the on on the game. But in Ditka's case, if you talk about Ditka, he almost invented the tight end position, as, especially as it's played today, mm-hmm. uh, and. and he didn't play that many years for the Bears, but he was uh, he was uh, he made two All Pro first teams, uh, and he was he was he was an outstanding player. So I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. Some people think he wasn't high enough. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I definitely think he's a top ten player. I had a guy the other day. In fact, he was 90 years old, so he's seen more of these players than I have. <laughs> And by the way, by the way, I've seen I I saw seventy two out of the hundred. Oh my! Uh, play. Wow. Uh, but he told me you made a mistake with your number one player. I said, Oh, is that right? He said, Yeah, the number one player of all time of the Bears is Bulldog Turner. Well, now who ever heard of Bulldog Turner? Well, a whole lot of people in the first fifty years of the Bears knew exactly who Bulldog Turner was. Exactly. He he, he was an All Pro center for seven or eight straight years and led the league in interceptions one year. So how do you weigh that right. against players of today? And yet you did not do all the Hall of Famers in, you know, got the top Yeah, it wasn't like the spots. first 27. Or, were, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Because Devin has and, and you take a player, though, I think the last Hall of Fame player we mentioned was Blanda. Uh, he was way down there. Uh, because his his Hall of Fame career was mainly with the with the Raiders and and the AFL, but he had enough of an impact on the Bears for for uh, uh, enough years that we thought he certainly deserved to be on the list. So you mentioned George Blanda. My biggest takeaway actually was Khalil Mack at number sixty. One year with the Bears, what was it, fifteen games? Because he missed a two with injury in the one playoff game. If we were to revisit the list in 10 years, where do you think Khalil Mack will be? Well, if he kept playing like this, he'd be a top 10 player. I mean, he, he played uh, – you, you, saw, you saw the difference he made in a team. Uh, what, were the Bears, what was the Bears' record two years ago? I don't even want to think about it, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it was 3-13. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and they turn, he turned them around to 12-4. and four. He's, he's the number one. He made everybody better. Um, uh, offensive players, defensive players, every, everybody he made better. So we put him that high and uh, might have even argued he, he belonged higher. But it, it was tough to to rank Eddie Jackson or Akeem Hicks uh, mm-hmm. against guys that had played for 10 years. It was tough for me. 
But how do you leave these guys off the list? Because we did do a little bit of projection, no doubt about it. Um, but we 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 thought they did they 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 in if their career ended now, nobody'd probably remember them. But you've got to project a little bit. And speaking of projections, you have on there um, Jay Hilgenberg, who is eighteen, which is really awfully high. Um, for a guy who is not in the Hall of Fame, but many people believe that he should be, followed by Olin Krutz, another center at 27. Um, two guys that really, I mean, offensive linemen don't get any attention. So I thought, I loved the fact that you guys really did give these guys the attention that I think was due. Well, you know, I counted up, I, I was thinking about that uh, the other day, that maybe we had too many offensive linemen. And and we really don't. I'm I'm sort of partial to offensive linemen because I I don't think they get uh, quite the, uh, the the credit they mm-hmm. deserve. And I thought when we did our all-time team, the hardest position we picked, uh, the, I thought, was center because the Bears have two Hall of Fame centers and two that belong probably belong in the Hall of Fame. We think in in Jay and and Olin. So I thought that position was very very difficult to to rank. And uh, uh, hopefully both of those guys will get into the Hall of Fame at some point. So back to you mentioned how uh, it was kind of hard. to. I think you said there are 30 to 40 players that could have been on the list, but the math just didn't work out. Off the top of your head, who are some of the biggest snubs? And then working off of that, again, like the Matt question, in 10 years, are there any players that are currently on the Bears, say Mitch Trubisky? Uh, that you think could <laughs> find their way on the list if we did list of the top 110 Bears players in 10 years. Well, Mitch Trubisky certainly hopes to get on this list, and and yeah. and uh, it's funny the uh, the quarterbacks the Bears the, there are fewer quarterbacks on this list than any other position except I mean there's there are five special teams players and only five quarterbacks if if you take out. Uh, a couple of quarterbacks that played both ways. So, uh, so I think Mitch Trubisky doesn't have to. <laughs> he doesn't have to do uh, a whole lot to, to jump right up on this list if you if you just take quarterbacks. But um, I think of the players that we really regretted leaving off the list. Uh, I know Alex Brown thinks he's uh, certainly belonged on the list, and. Uh, I'll have to say that we changed the list several times and, and switched it around and thought, oh, boy, what about this guy? We forgot about this guy. But but Leslie Frazier is another one mm-hmm. uh, who had an outstanding career but very short. So there were a lot of guys that uh, – I mean, there was a guy uh, There was a guy named Jack Manders who was a kicker. And you say, well, we've got – well, he had – Two or three kickers on here. Uh, how do you how do you rate a special teams uh, player against a guy that played all the time? Well, Jack Manders did play. Uh, I think he was a running back, but they called him Automatic Jack Manders, and he led the league in kicking like four or five years. Hmm. And I, and I don't think any bear has led the league in anything that many times in a hundred years. So we could have put Jack Man we could have put Jack Manders on there, and and. Uh, we would have made Virginia McCaskey very happy, I'm sure, because she fondly remembers Jack Manders. But that's the kind of guy that uh, I'm talking about that belongs on the list and, and just didn't make it. 
Well, I love it. You can you can find the list you said on and the what is it on the back cover of uh, the book of I, I love it. It's 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 toward the end. It's toward the end of the the book, um, which just surfaced last week, I guess. Uh, I love that it has everybody talking. I ran into Otis Wilson and Richard Dent, and the first thing Otis turned around and looked at me, and he said. Did you see what number I am on the list? And I said, Yeah, I think you're in the 40s. And he goes, Yeah, he probably thought he was too low, and Richard probably thought he was too low. Well, they thought Wilbur Marshall, this is what I found amazing. They thought Wilbur Marshall should have been right there next to uh, uh, Brian Urlacher and Mike Singletary at 14 and 15 instead of where he's at, I think, in the early 40s. So, Well, based on the 1985 season, they're absolutely right. And had Wilbur played more than four years with the Bears, he would have been way up there. And then 1985 season, there are a lot of players that think he was the best player on that team. Right. Um so there, there's another I, – I think he fell as low as he did just because of the, uh, the longevity issue. Yeah, but, you know, it's this is what's so great about the list is it has everyone talking and you can argue and you can cross over eras. And, Don, I congratulate you and Dan Pompey because it's re- that was really a, an incredible job that you did. And I look forward to picking up a copy of the Centennial Scrapbook of the Chicago Bears. Um, really, thank you so yeah, much you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Jason. Thank, thanks, Peggy. All righty. Thanks, Don. Thank all you. Right. All right, that was fun. This is something that you can just debate forever, talking about the top 100 players of any team, but let alone the Chicago Bears in 100 years. So that was a lot of fun. Um, what do we have coming up, Jason? What, what can we look forward to our tomorrow segment? All right, three predictions time. All right, really quick, the first two. Temperature, it's been kind of cold lately. I've been golfing a lot, very cold. I think as we sit here on June 18th, 2019, I think that the weather's going to get a little bit nicer um, coming up. Number two, I've been interning with the Chicago Sky. A lot of fun. Um, they've been playing very well. I think they're going to make the playoffs based off of just the eye test. Um, number three, here's my big prediction. You didn't know I was going to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. NBA mock draft. You told me not to make it time sensitive. I am anyway. Um, a lot of my friends like to hold me against my picks, so I'm just going to straight up say who I think is going to go in the top ten in order really quick. So, Williamson, Morant, Barrett, Culver, Hunt, no, Culver, Hunter, Garland, White, Reddish, Dumbaya, Hayes. One through ten. If I get it wrong, whatever. If I get it right, there's your proof. Three All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a prediction that um, by the end of the summer, you are going to actually throw out all of these postcards and letters we're getting from all I the did colleges. That this morning. I you mean, saw me do we it. We probably get twenty a week. From colleges, you know, for I'm you and sorry, your brother, it, it's to... so obnoxious. Don't say, don't say it. I was going to say, say it. like, stop it. Okay. All right. I will end on this. I was very privileged to cover the Chicago Bears from 1993 through 2016. And my first week on the job at Chicagoland TV, Mike Ditka was fired from the Chicago Bears. Then and there, I realized what it was going to be like 
covering this team in the city of Chicago. And although, Jason, it took me away from you and your brother and sister for... Does it take you away from me now? So many years when I covered the team regularly, Mm -hmm. I loved covering football. I loved the personalities behind the game. I loved learning from the coaches. I loved the camaraderie in the locker room. I loved the camaraderie in the press room. There is nothing like covering the National Football League. So for that, I too tip my hat to the Chicago Bears for their 100th anniversary because it gave me quite a career as well. Our thanks to Virginia McCaskey and the Chicago Bears football team, to WMAQ-TV NBC Chicago, Don Pearson, pick up a copy of the Chicago Bears Centennial Scrapbook, Adam Yaffe for his amazing support. Once again, expertise in driving our podcast, artwork, and logo is designed by Shay Canander. And please subscribe to our podcast, The Sportscaster and Her Son, on SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Pretty much wherever you listen. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the Sportscaster and her Jason, where can we find your stories? Oh, okay. You can find my stories on Fan Sided. I don't know if my mom already said it. I kind of zoned out there for a second, but you can find hers on NBCChicago.com. As always, thank you for listening. You need food, don't you? So hungry. Let's go. <laughs> The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years. Makers of Liquitite Flexible Conduit, electrically connecting our world. Aww.